Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks again for joining me this week. My motivational quote for today is by C.G. Young, and it says, Midlife is the time to let go of an over-dominant ego to contemplate the deeper significance of human existence. Do you wake up and think of how to move your body before getting out of bed to ensure you don't pull or injure any body parts that are needed for the day? Does your mind say, I'm still 20, while your body screams, reality check, you're really 40 or 50-something now? Do you have family obligations and feel, and feel fear every time you think about making a life-changing decision? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you're actually in midlife, surprise, and perhaps dealing with a midlife crisis. Is it possible to teach an old dog new tricks, or are we destined to continue on our path with outdated midlife habits? Today, my guest, Frankie Picasso, is the founder of Conversations With My Shoes, a coaching firm and chief financial officer and founder of the Institute for Quantum Living and Conscious Design, an organization designed to bring together the resources necessary for positive change throughout the world. Today, Frankie is going to define what midlife means. She's going to help us get our mojo back, and she's going to provide some clear how-tos to change our current way of thinking, to embrace midlife, and come out our true and authentic selves. Are you ready to find your inner child that still probably exists? Are you willing to remember the child that was so willing to try new things with awe and wonder and didn't overthink the possibility of failure? Clear your mind, remember the feeling of curiosity, and settle in for a half hour filled with ideals, ideas to help you regain your true self and get your mojo back. Frankie, thank you so much for being on. Oh, Connie, thank you so much for having me. It, I, I'm very excited because clearly I'm in midlife, so I always love to hear um, people's ideas and thoughts on how to get unstuck or um, just how to get our mojo back because we do wake up and we go to bed sometimes t- ridiculously tired, and how do, we, how do we stay energized, focused, and be willing to try new things? So I want to start, you have a book, your book, mm-hmm. it's called Midlife Mojo, by the way, I love that word mojo. Yeah. Um, midlife, just cool. Midlife Mojo: How to Get Through the Midlife Crisis and Emerge as Your True Self. What do you mean, or what is your theory on true self? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you what I think the midlife crisis is, and okay. I don't think that it's a crisis as much as it's a metamorphosis that transforms and transitions us uh, from what I, you know, has been termed the socialized self into the true self, the person that we really came here to be. So as children, we, you know, our parents begin that socialization process, be a good girl, be a good boy. We go to school. They tell you, here are the rules for society. You know, you don't do this and you don't do that. And, and so you become socialized. You become a good citizen, so to speak. And, and, and that's who, you know, they want us to be. Our parents, you know, really want us to be this person. And and yet, you know, many people grow up feeling like that's not who they are. That's not who they want to be. You know, your parents want you to be the doctor or the lawyer or the architect, and really what you wanted to be was um, a, a welder or a painter or something mm-hmm. equally, you know, different. So 
that that is you know the true self being hidden um, while the socialized self is walking through the world. And I think what happens is in midlife, we there's an awakening um, sometimes, and or a disturbance, and that's that crisis is a disturbance because change happens best in chaos. And so we're looking to make that change. We're looking for something to make us feel better, something to make us less tired, something that we're going to feel passionate about. Yes. And and the only way to make that change is through this, you know, this crisis, this uh, metamorphosis. So um, that's the beginning of, of our, you know, the true person, the true self coming out and waking up and saying, I might have 30, 40 years to live forward. I've already lived that backward. And so um, do I really want to spend the next, you know, 30 years or whatever, uh, living the same way I have. And mostly now, it's no. It's, that's exactly right. Now, why, why that midlife mark? Because really what you're describing is exactly what happened to me personally. But I see that out there with, with folks I speak with, that you kind of reach a point where you're like, you know, I'm not unhappy, but I'm not happy. And mm-hmm. that to me is just a sad commentary because good is the enemy of great, right? Good is good enough. And why does it take us to midlife? Is it just life skills that we've developed and all of a sudden light bulbs go off? You know, what is what is the founding notion there? That's a good question. And you know what? It's a little bit different for everybody. But for women, I have noticed there's a phenomenon in their mid-30s where they start to feel that. Yes. It's not exactly midlife, but there is something. like, And there's a term for it. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. And I was looking for it, and I've only seen it once. But there is something that happens to women in their mid-30s um, where they kind of don't want to be where they are anymore. They don't want to be married anymore. They want to be on their own. They want to be something, you know, uh, just shake themselves out of that life that they've started to create for themselves. It's interesting. Um, but the, the, I think what happens is, you know, when, when we're children and adolescents, we go through that with a group of people. Um, you know, we're in school and everybody's kind of going through the same thing at the same time. Midlife sure. is a little bit different because it happens individually. Like, we don't all wake up at 40 and go, oh, I'm in the midlife crisis. It doesn't happen like that. You could be 60. You could be 50. So it's kind of a lonely transition because we're all waking up at different, at different places in our lives. Yeah, and think about it because when you do go to work, like when you're in school and you're in second grade, they're all second graders, right? They're right. All your peers are your age. So as we get older, I mean, I have friends. Honestly, I have one young lady. She's starting um, her own business. So she comes to me and asks a lot of questions. Her name is Gina. And she's 25. And I tell her, gosh, you're an old soul. She and I are like two peas in a pod. And I could be her mother. So mm-hmm. you, have, you have these different stages that we're friends with. So you're right. It is kind of lonely. And I'm cracking up because 39, I say, is my awakening. That's when I realized. A company I was working for, they, we merged with another company, and I did not want to work for the new company. And, you know, I tell this story often. I came home. We had two kids and a mortgage. I had a baby, a one-year-old. And I said to my husband, yeah, I don't really want to do that anymore. This is what I want to do. I want to start my own business. And I was always in sales on commission, so it wasn't that far-fetched. Right. But, you know, I came home, and he's like, well, how are you going to do it? And I had a plan, of course, and all of that. But it was 39 for me that it, it was an awakening. So I love that kind of phrase as well. Now, do you think everyone has a midlife, and we'll use the word midlife crisis or midlife sure. metamorphosis. Does everyone go through that? I think they go through it in some would 
you know, have a mild blip on their screen, while for others it's a real deep, forceful, yeah. you know, volcano kind of an awakening. And yeah. I think that that, that might be um, personality. It might be, um, you know, in the spiritual sense, you, you, how evolved you are, maybe. Um, it could be... Well, I'm very evolved. That's why at 30, yeah. I'm to <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Me too. So, uh, you know, for everybody, it's a little bit different. And for a lot of people, and it's interesting because I have, you know, as you know, I'm a radio host and, I, and I've just interviewed so many people now. Um, this crisis is the awakening for, for a lot of people. And a lot of people, that crisis turns on their spiritual self. Definitely. You know, yes, you start definitely. to seek. You start to seek your purpose. You know, yes. it's like it's no longer, oh yeah, you know, I, I work at the bank. Now it's no, but what's my real purpose? Why am I really here? <laughs> That's exactly right. And you know what's so funny? I had someone um that came through one of my classes, a new client, and because I was so busy and the client had a limited staff, we had to do training on a Saturday, which I never mind accommodating. Um you know, it is what it is. That's life, right? So you accommodate. It's not every weekend, so I, I was happy to do it. And um, the feedback I got, you know, on the evaluation, and the head of, of the department came to me and she said, I just have to tell you, I've never experienced this before. But the evaluations say things like it was life-changing. Now, I'm teaching people how to sell and how to communicate mm-hmm. and educate their customer, right? They mm-hmm. came and said it was life-changing because I, in, I, I inject, and, and it still is in the corporate backdrop, but yeah. find your true self. Be positive at work. Have fun. Find your energy. Clients resonate with that. Yeah. To me, that's that spirituality component, even though it's not like, let's be spiritual right now. You know, it's still with that corporate um, backdrop. So everybody should be living their sole purpose. Do you, do you think... Um, how would you let people, because people are listening and going, well, how do I know if I'm in my midlife crisis? I'm 41. How, what are signs? Oh, are there signs? Question. Yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> you feel like you're supposed to be doing something else. You know, you wake up, you go, I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like I'm doing the right thing. Um, your work, like you said, no longer rocks your world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> is your body changing and you don't like where it's going? You know, um, are you living with uncertainty and are you afraid of, you know, if you don't do it now, you're never going to get to do it kind of a feeling. You know, i got to do it now. Uh, Definitely. Do you feel a deep need to give back to the world? And that's one of the big things um, I find that people going through it, you know, become that more spiritual self and, and start thinking about others more about yeah. how they can give back to the world. Yeah, and and it's funny because when I started, I know when I started my business at, um, that was a weird buzz, Um, when I started my business at 39, I knew what I was supposed to do, wasn't sure how I was going to do it, but I knew I was supposed to be teaching people how to communicate with customers and drive that bottom line for whatever the corporation is, right? So Mm -hmm. I knew that really it it wasn't sitting one-on-one with a customer anymore, that Mm -hmm. I I had more to give and to teach. And it was funny because I never never wanted to be a teacher. That was never in my – I wanted to be a corporate, you know, success story. And here, ultimately, I think I've achieved that, but what a different route than what I had originally thought in my 30s, move up the corporate ladder, prove yourself, 
you know, think mm-hmm. strategically, um, be part of the bigger team, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all of that is important and foundationally I think was important. But really, really at 39, I was like, yeah, man, I got more to give. I need to teach this stuff because I can do that. And most people don't know how to teach. Exactly. So it was very, yeah, it was an interesting shift. And it it is it was also I like how you described that that feeling of you know this isn't like rocking me anymore, and it really was that shift and the push was when the company came in that I knew I did not want to work for. So there was a crossroad. What do you do at the crossroad? I chose you know going out on my own. So everybody. Well, there you go, and, and that's a really good segue into you know um, how to change. How to change? Yeah. People say all the time. Well, how do you change your life? How do you change? It changed with a thought. You know. You think it, and then you choose it, and you do it. I mean, really, that's, that, that's, that's that simple. And the, the last one about, you know, a sign, and it happened to me, was I could hear the universe speaking to me. I didn't know what they wanted. I kept going, what do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And then, you know, and if you don't do what they want you to do, they take you out. And I had a major accident. Oh, my And God. I've met so many people that that has happened to. When they're yes. supposed to change and, and move up to the next, you know, level like a teacher, yep. the universe will get what it wants. And and it did. It forces you. When you're not listening, it forces yeah. you. It's funny. I had another guest on. Her name is Stephanie Banks. And she uh, is from B.C., uh, Canada. Funny. She's she's on the other side, but she's All in Canada Canadians. as well. Isn't that funny? <laughs> And yeah. she had um, she crashed uh, on a mountain biking accident, and her whole life, her whole brain really shifted thinking. The universe literally cracked her head and wow. said, "No, yeah. this is what you're doing now." So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Hopefully, hopefully people are aware enough that we don't have to go through a major crisis. But you bring up an interesting point too, Frankie, that sometimes from those tragic horrific situations, even painful situations, mm-hmm. that could be your catalyst of that light bulb, you know, a cartoon character, right? Light bulb going yep. off over your head saying, wow, this is clearly what I should be doing. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Hopefully, again, it doesn't happen that way. Um, but, you know, most people don't want to leave that comfort zone unless it does happen. You yeah, know, unless you're, agree. You're, you're a change enthusiast, I know that you are and I am, uh, yes. most people... You know, I crave change. So, you know, if, I, if it's not going to change, I'm going to get bored. But a lot of people like that. And so unless they're kicked out of that chair and across that zone, you know, they, they're not going. So sometimes that does happen that way. Yeah, it's it's literally, uh, uh, you know, and not you know, like the V8 commercial where they hit their head, you know. Yeah. It, literally, yeah. it's like the universe going, wake up, right, hitting us on the head. Yeah. Um, Frankie, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, I want you to talk about, the beliefs that perhaps people are holding on to with such um, uh, passion. We're holding on, and it's really holding us back. So I'd like to talk about those beliefs and how maybe we can shift out of that, that thinking and you know, come out our, our true and authentic self. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk about that. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. 
So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change. Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are bank we are bank. We are back with Frankie Picasso and we're talking about um her book and also just in general mid midlife crisis and her book is Midlife Mojo how to get through the midlife crisis and emerge as your true self and that's really a backdrop of our conversation today. So Frankie, tell me, you know, we all have this belief system that we've been programmed from really from generations not even just our parents because they they are beliefs are from their grandparents, et cetera. How do we um, shift that belief from things that are potentially holding us back? Well, that's a really good question because beliefs, like you said, are long held and, and they live in our subconscious. And the subconscious doesn't have a, a morality bank. So it doesn't say, you know, is this good or bad? It doesn't care. It only is a sponge. So what you feed it is what it gives back. So the biggest, you know, belief I think that, that we all hold is I can't. I can't. Yeah. You know, I can't is going to hold you back every time. So we need to switch I can't to I can. So how do you get past, you know, these beliefs? The first thing you have to do is know that you have them. You have to listen to your beliefs and you have to question them. So, you know, one thing I always say is, you know, are you really afraid of of spiders? You know, or is this a belief that everybody in your family has or your mother has and you've never actually really looked at them and go, do you scare me? You know, or is it just we all have it and so we're all afraid, right? So you have to question the things that you believe in. You know, the people who, who you know, the law of attraction, if it's not showing up in your life, then it's a belief in, in coaching terms as an underlying automatic commitment that you have against, let's say, making money. You, you know, in your family, rich people are bad people. You know, mm-hmm. but everybody goes to work and they want to make a lot of money. And if you're not making a lot of money, maybe you have an underlying automatic commitment, a belief uh, that you're, it's not conscious that, that rich people are bad. And maybe you don't think that you have it, but your parents had it or your grandparents had it. And so that belief was fed into your subconscious. And now you have to find it. You have to ask it. Is this true? Do I really believe that? And if you don't believe it, feed yourself a new belief. You know, feed yourself a new belief and move on. And that's really easy to do. You just have to, yeah. you know, it's repetition. Yeah, it's rep- It's practice, 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 and that's life. You have to make these new habits. And yeah. it's funny, I call that shifting your paradigm of thinking. And it is. I also call, yeah, and I call it the record player. My record player is very grooved deeply, right? Yeah. So we have, we have these record players. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, they're smarter than me. What if I fail? What if I can't do that? All those those self-doubts that we project. And right. what I try to do if I'm coaching, even when I'm teaching my clients, because I'm asking them to shift how they're doing something. And a lot of people don't like the word change or changing behavior is really hard. So I tell them, every you're not going to not have a negative thought. You know, 80% of our thoughts are negative. So when mm-hmm. that negative thought pops in, I'm not good enough. Or what if they're, they're on to me that I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Right, those inner thoughts. Take that thought and say, hmm, I see you. I know you're there. Don't beat yourself up. Acknowledge it and then just say, you know what? I am good enough and people are hiring me because I do bring something special to the table. So don't, don't beat yourself up for having the negative thought because it's, it's really not going to go away. You just shift the paradigm of thinking and then what happens is those thoughts become less and less and less. 
But really, right. we all have negative. We all have negative thoughts. We all have so negative this, thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, that self-doubt. The other thing you commented that, that I can't, whenever I hear people say I can't do that, mm-hmm. you know, I look at them and I say the, the word can't does not exist. It's a negative and horrifying right. word. You can choose not to do that, that I get. It's a choice then. It's not that right. you can't do that. Exactly. Or I can do it. I don't know if I'm going to be real good at it, but I certainly um, can try it out. So, yeah, the word can't does not exist. I don't allow my children to say that word because it's just so And I say trying is lying. Trying you know, to yeah, commit. Trying to commit. You got to commit. Yeah. You got to commit. You can't just yeah. put your toe in the water and go. Nah, don't think so. Yeah. yeah. You ha- now, now that self doubt that we just talked about. I might, you know, I call it the record mm-hmm. player. That's how I teach people to shift their thinking. Do you mm-hmm. have any other tips? Because we have negative thoughts. That's not going to stop. How can we change that self doubt? Well, you know what? It really is about repetition. And like you call it a record player with a deep groove, which is a really great visual. I think of it as a deer path. And so right now, (laughs) you know, those neurons are are flashing in your brain and and it's going boop, boop, and it already knows your response. And so the new response, that's why you have to repeat because now Mm -hmm. you're going to create a new pathway in your brain and that repetition is going to start to, you know, deepen that that path, that footpath until it's a real path and the other one won't be the go-to anymore. And that's really literally how it works in your brain. And so that's why this repetition, uh, you know, saying it over and over at night, you you can touch um, your your fingers ten times and go I can do this I can do this I can and if you can't believe it that you can you know believe that you're in the process of learning or that that you know I like to say well what if you can you know you can say it's so easy for you to say well I can't or you know but what if you could what if you could what what how would that change your life how would you feel how would it make you feel and and play the what if game that way to the positive. I love it. Yeah, but what if? What if you could do it? What if you did do it? What mm-hmm. would that change in your life or for those around you? Uh, around you? Do you find that there uh, are repeated fears that people you you work with? Do you hear the same thing over and over again, holding them back? Absolutely. There's three fears that that I talk to people about: fear of failure, fear of change, and fear of success. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll start with success. Um, people who fear success, and it sounds funny. But what they, what they fear is they fear leaving people behind as they advance forward. They fear losing friendships in the workplace. You know, people start to, oh, you think that you're something else now, don't you? You know, they fear that. They fear uh, that maybe they were a one-trick pony and they won't be able to pull it off again. They fear that, um, <laughs> y- you know, that you might, like I said, might be asked to do more than you want to. Uh, and And maybe... You know, life as you know it's going to change and you're not interested or want that to happen for you. So those are some fears uh, that go with fear of success. Fear of change, uh, we fear what we don't know. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. So a lot of us fear the unknown. Um, And, you know, a lot of people like things to stay the same. There's a lot of people that never want to leave their comfort zone. There's people who've never gone more than five miles from their house. You know, I mean, those people exist. (laughs) And you don't like surprises, you know. You don't like surprises and you're not comfortable meeting new people. So that's a fear of change. And the fear of failure, we all know what that's like. But we fear taking a blow to our self-esteem. We we fear disappointing those people who count on us. We fear uh, that we're not going to be a winner or that we're not going to be loved. We fear, um, you know, failure is, it becomes an event, you know. And yeah, 
<laughs> and, and really, the true failure is not is not trying, right? So Wayne Gretzky, my kids play hockey, right? Wayne Gretzky, yeah. you, you only you you really do fail for every time you don't shoot that puck, right? That's or, right. Or try for every to, puck you try don't to make shoot. it go. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to score. You know, it's interesting because you know what my fear, as you were saying it, I was giggling because you started with the success and you described it perfectly for me. I do fear success or more success in my life for fear of people that I will leave behind, that mm-hmm. I'm going to be so busy that I won't have time for family, friends that are truly dear to me, um, that fear of people saying, you know, she thinks who she is, because I'm, I am the, probably the most down-to-earth, goofy person you'll ever meet. So, and, and I said this to someone recently, and they looked at me, and they go, you are goofy. So the people that feel like, who, who does she think she is, why would you care? Because they're not your friends and they're really not in your inner circle. And that is true. That was a true statement and a, and a light bulb went off for me. But we all, and I hope as you went through that, people are like, yep, that's me. Because yeah. that's I was like, yep, that's me. So that was um, very interesting. The, the other thing I think um, are the people that we surround ourselves with. How can we... Uh, this sounds funny, but how can we fire people that really aren't serving us and that ho- truly hold us back? You know, there are people who actually do an inventory of their friends, and and if they're not your friend, then it's time just to let them go because they're not serving you. They're not, you know, benefiting you. For entrepreneurs, you know, who want to start a business, and they might have friends that go, oh, no, that's not going to work. Oh, no, don't, that, you know, those people are your frenemies. They are. And, you know, I would, I would tell people, don't even tell them because they don't get it. They don't have the entrepreneur mindset. They don't get it. But if your friends aren't happy for you, if they're not people who support you, um, who only want, you know, your friendship when, when you're down or when they need something, um, you know, take an inventory and go, this is my life. You know, will my life be better with or without these people in it? And, and, you know, away you go. That's the midlife mojo, you know, story, really. It's about you're, you're feeling this, eh, and so now we're going to take inventory. If I lived, would I still live in the same house if I could? Would I still be married to the same person? Would I still have the same friends? Would I um, have the same job? You know, if, if all of those things are yes, okay, then maybe you're in a good place. But if those things are no, then you're not authentic anymore. And something has to change. Yeah, yeah, and and you're really living a lie. And you know, I, I don't know if you watch the show. It's uh, The Walking Dead. It's on Sunday night, yeah. and it's yeah. yeah, the zombies. It's 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 really very. Fun. I think the characters are the way they evolve is, is kind of cool in this apocalyptic apocalyptic event. I I look at it though, and I say, to my husband, you know, so many people are like zombies. They're walking mm. through life, going through motions, and you see they have no light about them. Not that I see auras or anything like that. No. But you feel like they're like, Bleh. and yeah. and really, does that feel good to wake up in the morning and wake up like? Bleh. I I don't want to be that person. You know, I choose not to be that person. So there are alternate ways, and I do agree with you. We have to surround ourselves with people who say, you're gonna open your own business I'd be terrified but you can do it you're the type that can do it you know you yeah. make it work you work hard they're the people you want around you um, yes. that are champions we want champions around us not people to hold us back because if you change it becomes successful what does that say about my life and I think there's a lot of that going around 
when you're successful and I stay the same, you're leaving me behind. I feel like crap now. Well, that's your problem. That's not my problem. Yeah, that's not and your I problem. And I can't own that. Yeah, I can't own that, you know. Um, we have a couple of minutes left. I do want to talk about um, your book, your new book, Noble Allowed, How to Lose the Losers and Lasso in Love. And I think that that's a nice segue from firing people that don't serve us anymore, so to speak. Um, but tell us about your new book. I, I love, again, I love the title of the midlife mojo, right, how to get through the midlife crisis and emerges your true self. I love the um, no bull allowed, how to lose the losers and last someone love. I love that. So tell us a little bit about that. I will. But first I can just tell you that, that mojo comes from the Congo word moyo, which means life force. So if you're wondering what mojo is, it's your life force. So that's where that, that comes from. Uh, no bull allowed is a relationship book, mostly for women. Women who have um, found themselves in the wrong relationships time and time again. And it's, a, it's, it's part workbook. And it was based on, I think it was like 38 song titles. Because I thought everything had, everything had been written about in song about love. So it's beginning, middle, and ends of, of relationships. And, you know, you'll find yourself in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure all of us will. And it's a, it's a really great opportunity to go through and, and maybe you cheated and maybe you didn't, um, you know, but I'm having his baby, uh, you know, whatever the song is, um, it's in there. And, and you can go to that page and, and there's, I, I co-wrote it with Kelly Wallace, another um, coach and author. And we, we spoke about our own personal relationship um, that had to do with that, that song title, let's say. Um, and then we coach you. And then there's the workspace for you to do your work. And hopefully you'll see yourself and you'll move on and, and start to really get the relationship that you deserve. Oftentimes, yeah. Connie, women think that, you know, oh, I deserve Brad Pitt, you know, or whoever it is that, that they're in love with that day. But look at yourself in the mirror, woman. You know, do you look yeah. like Angelina? So, you know, if, if he's not going to be interested in somebody who's not educated. He's not going to be interested in somebody who doesn't comb their hair. He's not going to be interested, you know, you got to do a little bit of work first. And then you're going to be attracting that guy. Because, you know, the law of attraction, you know, you have to be a vibrational match. And so if you're honest, you'll see, no, I'm not really that vibrational match. But you want to lose the lose. So you have to raise your vibration because you're not going to be attracted to them anymore either. That's um, exactly you know, right. They'll bypass you. Like women like, like me, I used to have a neon sign over my head. You know, helpers, right? We're helpers. So you want to help people. And the neon sign, come here and I'll help you. But you don't want that in your personal <laughs> relationship. You don't want a guy that you have to help all the time, that you have yeah. to mother. You know, you have yeah. kids to mother. You don't need husbands yeah. to mother. And, and right. so you need to learn how to turn that off. And get somebody who's independent, somebody who, you know, will be a partner and not a siphon. <laughs> it's really true. It takes all of your energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, when you fall in love and you hear the love songs on the radio or, or yeah. whatever on Sirius XM now, right? Sirius XM. I crack up because when you're so in love, you hear a song and you're like, yeah, like you get it. And then when you have the breakup or something bad happens in your life, you know, country music, you put that on, you're like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. It's all in song. It's all there. 
I yeah. love that premise of the book. I think that's hilarious. How can um how can people I'm gonna put your website on the Web Talk Radio website, but how can they get the both books actually? Amazon I assume? Yeah, the books are on Amazon in, in US, Canada, UK. They're all over the place. And the the new website where you can get me is at the goodradionetwork.com because that's been my focus in my new business. Um because I I really wanted to develop a socially conscious radio network where it went beyond talk radio into really doing and helping people in the world. And that is really where I've been focusing on for the past year. Yeah, and it's so funny. I I love that you say that because um, I have one one, uh, of my listeners who I see with regularity, and she's so funny. Um, She said that she was listening to rock and roll on the way to work. She has quite a bit of a commute. And she says, I get to work, and you're like all fried between the traffic and the rock and roll, you know, that kind of banging music. She said, oh, this is not working for me. So she she switched over to uh, country music because it's calmer and and what have you. She she was getting to work. She was very depressed. So then she found my show, and she said, now I listen to you every Tuesday morning after the show posts. And she says, and I walk in, and I feel energized, and I feel good, and I think about whatever that's like this topic right next Monday it'll post, and she'll listen to it Tuesday and talk about that midlife, and she's my age. So all of these things, and I, I love that goodradionetwork.com because really what, what are we trying to do, Frankie, with this show is educate people, let people know you're not alone, let people know there are alternatives and avenues to change and it's really easier than you oftentimes think and and listen just there's so much resource out there so i think that's um awesome i will put on the web talk radio website for everybody listening who's listening in their cars the good radio network dot, dot com is that direct to you that they will be able to find you in the books also um the books aren't on that website but they'll they be able to find me uh at the good radio network or frankie at the good radio network.com is my email they can reach me there and okay. um yeah we're unstoppable I'll, frankie picasso they can reach they can find the stuff there too that so i'll put both websites thank so, you so um, much yeah so we have the unstoppable frankie picasso at uh, dot com mm-hmm. and then goodradionetwork.com so right. they can find you either the way good I'll radio. Post both the, sides. make yeah. sure you put the um, good and the and you know radio. it really is about putting you know positive energy back into the into the world like you know they come out fried there's so much negativity out there there's so much fear out in the world right now that we need to counterbalance that with positivity i agree i agree i mean just look at what's happening in the world around us now between the wars and bombings it's just tragic so yeah yeah, we let's shift our one if one if one person or the people listening to the show and listen to your show, if they could change that vibration by embracing positivity, think about how we really we really can change the world and the energy yep. within it. I agree 100%. Frankie, thank you so much for your time today. This was just an awesome show. I had fun. I hope you did. Oh, I did. And, yeah, and I think everybody's going to find this uh, just a, a lively and, and, again, fun, informative uh, show. So thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the show and being an awesome guest and sharing your insight, inspiration, and, and teaching us about the information within your book. So, and lots of luck with that, um, with the sales and, and getting it out there, promoting Thank it you. as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we embrace change and realize that it's easier than we think and that you say to yourself, I got this. Thanks again for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much. Have an awesome week, guys. Change your vibration. Think positive. Um, Wonderful things happen. Thanks again. Today.
been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I